When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Now, we had a, we had a, a trade request happen today. Uh, and this was not something that we saw coming. Yeah. But Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's agent informed ESPN that they requested that his camp per- requested permission to the Chargers to talk to other teams to see if uh, they can facilitate facilitate some sort of trade. This is a bombshell right here. Yeah. What, what do you think of this whole situation? This is what I wasn't expecting at all. I don't think any NFL fan, fantasy football fan was expecting this at all. As far as I was concerned, you know, Austin Eckler was doing his thing, rocking out on his air guitar, scoring 20 touchdowns a season. You know, it's like, great. He's doing everything he needs to be Mr. Fantasy Football, you know, the CEO of Fantasy Points. It was great. And now he's requesting a trade. It kind of came out of left field and it kind of makes me question, like, is this a legit concern or is he just trying to leverage maybe getting some more money? I, I have no idea what the um, source of this is. But if he is looking for a trade, you know, that opens up a lot of different ways that he could go. A lot of teams that need running backs, you know, would be interesting, like the Bills. You know, I think that he would end up finding his way up there. That would be a really nice move as far as his fantasy prospect goes. He's going to be just fine wherever he goes. But um, a team that could use a running back, you know, if anybody's in the market for one, he might have just solidified himself as the number one running back on the market. Oh, no doubt about that. Like if he ends up, you know, but you know what? There's, there are a couple other running backs available, you know, by a trade as well, right? Like, apparently, got a guy like Nick Chubb. You know, he he's he's on the low. He's kind of available, right? Yeah. And you have, you know, a couple other other running backs as well who uh, might be like Derrick Henry, available, right, by the Titans. Mm-hmm. So there are a few running backs here who might be available via trade. And it's like, you know, depending on your scheme, you know, you might want to go with Derrick Henry. You know, they're Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler are pretty much the complete opposite of each other, right? Yeah. Size, stature, skill set, everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll say this, man. I would say the way that Joe Lombardi used Austin Eckler over the past two seasons as, you know, with him as OC and Austin Eckler as the main running back, it was the perfect storm, dude. Like, yeah. it was it was a good offense. Uh, and Austin Eckler got pretty much all the goal line carries. And he was yeah. ridiculously, you know, utilized in the passing game. So it's like the perfect storm was going on with Austin Eckler. And he's a small running back. And yeah. I'm just kind of afraid that, you know, and this isn't a huge concern, but I want to know, like, 
obviously Joe Lombardi is not there anymore, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have a new offensive coordinator who you're very familiar with coming yeah. over from the not Cowboys. But, you know, I might be a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, by the way, like, we'll go over all of the, you know, offensive coordinator changes in, in future episodes and stuff. Right. Um, and we will do that. But my concern is that, number one, is Austin Eckler going to have get his have his goal line role maintained? Like, if that's is that going to be the case moving forward? We right. don't know the answer to that. It's all up to the OC. Like, what do you, what does he want to do? Is he okay with giving the smaller running back? And and listen, as he should, right? Guys like him and Aaron Rodgers are smaller. Run, I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones, smaller yeah. running backs who are very good at the goal line. But like, what did we see? You know, last year we saw Zeke getting all the goal lines, uh, goal line carries. We saw Tony Pollard. You know, he got some, but not most, yeah. right? Um, you know that the Zeke thing could be a Jerry Jones, you know, inspired yeah. move as well. Like in terms of that role, because you got to give him some sort of role to make Jerry Jones look good, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's my only concern here. That's number one. Number two. This guy, like Joe Lombardi, is coming from Sean Payton's system, where the running back is ridiculously used in the pass game, right? right? Um, number three, and we'll post about this on Instagram. We have a post coming up about a couple of these downsides for Austin Eckler. Number three is that you, you should see the splits that Austin Eckler has had with Ke- you know with and without Keenan Allen. Like the usage in the pass game, it, it was almost double, you know, when yeah. Keenan Allen was off the field. So something to keep in keep, something to keep in mind. So. Even if he stays in the Chargers, or even if he moves to a different team, I think that the utilization—what is it going to look like, right? And that's that's kind of my only concern. Another concern is that he's going to be 28 years old this season, which is kind of past that apex of being a high-end running back. Um, so, just a couple concerns for me, you know, with Austin Eckler. You know, I I love the guy; like he's a great proponent of fantasy football, and he's a serious fantasy contributor, winning people championships, especially over the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, so regardless of whether he gets moved or not, I think there are concerns. I'd rather, from a fantasy perspective, I'd rather him not get moved uh, because he's like the guy there in LA. Yeah, and it's like it's hard to like change his role like, when you have you know a new OC coming in. Uh, but even if he gets moved, like you know, I I would be reluctant to spend, let's say, a first round pick on him on another team in an unknown role unless I see what's going on during preseason or something like that, and you have an idea that okay, this guy's going to be you know, have a, a huge role, you know, in every situation. Right. No, I'm a hundred percent agree that he wouldn't be a first round pick. I think that's an easy out for me. I wouldn't be taking him in the first round if he gets moved, but I look at Austin Eckler and his skill set. you know, we talk about, it. he is the complete package, you know, he can run and he can catch, but he's most notorious for his ability in the passing game. There would say, I would say there are more running backs than receiving running backs, you know, in the league. More guys that are just going to take those goal line carries, those early yeah. down carries, and be like that. He wasn't contending with that in Los Angeles with the Chargers. You know, he, there wasn't anyone really behind him um, make, taking those carries. So he was kind of he had a monopoly, and he's great with it. You know, it's not like that he couldn't handle that type of workload. But if he goes somewhere else, there's going to be a guy I feel like that's going to take those early down carries, and we're going to see maybe some legit drop off from what we saw with him on the Chargers, like. I'm not saying he's going to the Chiefs, but a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, you know, he's going to be an early down guy, goal out, goal, goal line guy over Austin Eckler. Other look, what's places he could land the Bills, like I said, you know, they have Devin Singletary there still. 
It's just there's always guys that are going to sit there and take those goal line carries. And I feel like if he goes anywhere where it's not just him, he might kind of lose that. And he used he relied on that a lot, you know, to, to score his points. He had that dry spell to open the start of the season. That's kind of a taste of what I think we might be getting somewhere else where he actually didn't have those goal line carries. And then he got back to it. Um, so that's just a concern of mine if he does get moved. Do you would you be surprised going to be moved? Sorry, sorry. Would you I, be surprised? No, that's okay. I mean, would you be surprised if Kellen Moore comes in and, you know, either drafts another running back in like the fourth round, like an early down grinder type of guy, or, you know, potentially give goal line carries to someone like Josh Kelly, who's a bigger back? Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Just because Joe Lombardi didn't do it, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, this guy, Kellen Moore coming in might change things up right that's my that's yeah. a little bit of a concern i have um because before the past two years austin eckler was not a goal line guy at all right even yeah. in the year without melvin gordon mm-hmm. um do i think now do i think like to your question do i think he's going to get moved i don't okay so there's, there's two schools of thought here number yeah. one is the chargers don't get strong armed into anything right look what happened with melvin gordon yeah. like melvin gordon like the chargers shriveled up melvin gordon to irrelevancy like literally <laughs> Like Melvin Gordon was like, pay me. They're like, no, you are banished. And like literally Melvin Gordon didn't do anything, <laughs> you know, after that. Um, yeah. Also, the, but then the other side of it is that, okay, can we get something out of the, our high end running back who's already, who's going to be turning 28 this year? Or do we pay yeah. him? Right. Those are the two options, really. Or you keep him this year. Does he hold out? I don't know. Like, you know, Austin Eckler doesn't seem like the guy who would hold out, but he also doesn't seem like the guy who would request the trade. You know, yeah. it's all business at the end of the day, right? And he's looking at his future. We know that he's going to be successful no matter what he does after he retires. Um, but it's one of those situations where, you know, I, I could see the Chargers being smart here and moving him, if that makes sense, because of the fact that you can potentially get some uh, get some capital, get some draft capital for him before he drops off, because it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, for sure. I I think that makes total sense. And I, you're but, right. You're but do I think it's going to happen? It's like it's like tough to say whether it could, it's going to happen or not, right? It depends how the I, Chargers feel about it. I personally don't think he's going to get moved. That's just me. You know, I I think that this is just kind of one of the spur of the moment things where it's like, oh, free agency hits, and maybe a player gets like cold feet. I, we saw this Kareem Hunt a little bit. I think he was requesting a trade last season during the season. Yeah. It, it wasn't free agency, but this kind of stuff happens. I, th- I feel like yeah. this is just going to be one that flies under the radar. That's my gut feeling. Um, but we'll talk on more, more about this if anything happens. But as things stand right now, I think his value is the same. I mean, but you have to maybe- look at who's available too, like Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb. I'm, look- I'm, I'm, I'm reading Scott Barrett's tweet here. You know, Dalvin yeah. Cook potentially available for trade. Yeah, I saw that. David That's Montgomery, f- free agent, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, Deontay Foreman. Like, Yes, a lot of these guys aren't as good as Austin Heckler, but like there's way too much supply for the demand for running backs right now. So, right. first of all, these guys aren't going to get paid. Second of all, like, is there really a market, trade market right now for Austin Eckler? Can something happen in the middle of the season, potentially, because similar to the Christian McCaffrey thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if Austin Eckler absolutely destroys it and kills it, you know, the first six weeks of the season, and then, you know, he wants, he, he still wants to get traded, like, I could see that. But as of right now, like I might be leaning towards no, just like you, to be yeah. honest. I, I just yeah. don't see it right now. Yeah. All right. M- moving on. A um, little bit of under-radar trade. Jandu Smith got traded to the Falcons. 
that was an interesting one. Um, you know, seventh round pick. He had a, he got a huge contract in free agency from the Patriots a couple of years ago when they signed both him and Hunter Henry within five minutes of each other. Um, really interesting <laughs> yeah. move. That was an interesting move. I feel like neither of them lived up to their contracts. Mm. Um, I think this is a a good move for Hunter Henry, and I think that he could potentially become pretty fantasy relevant here. Is he going to be a top five tight end? I don't think so, but he will be a weekly tight end one. I I, yeah. I I would I would think so, and I think he's going to run a lot of routes. Uh, his route participation suffered most games when Donu Smith was playing. Um, when he wasn't playing, his route participation went up to the elite levels. Uh, he wasn't used as much. Jacoby Myers, though, most likely leaving a free agency. He hasn't got signed yet, but when he he'll probably be leaving. So there's going to be a void for targets here. You know, so this is a situation where where you know he could potentially get a big bump here. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm not sure there's a huge fantasy impact. Now, what are your thoughts in terms of you know him on the Falcons? Do you think there is a potential fantasy impact here? You know, obviously we have Drake London, we have Kyle Pitts, um, strong running game here. Is this a two tight end set type of thing? Like, what, like what are your thoughts of Jonathan Smith and potential impact on the Falcons side of things? So obviously, my first gut reaction was like frustration out of my mind because Kyle Pitts once again is going to get blackballed. Like, he's just going to get screwed because we got another guy coming in. And this isn't like we saw Michael Pruitt take snaps, you know, last season and he's scoring touchdowns. Well, Kyle Pitts was on the field. And I'd say Johnny Smith, I mean, he's he wasn't fantastic with the Patriots, but I'd say he's still a step up from a guy like Michael Pruitt. I feel like we're going to see him on the field too. I think it's going to be more of the same for Kyle Pitts. Now, I don't think we can fairly rank Kyle Pitts, even if he's healthy as like even a solid tight end one, the way they've been using him. Arthur Smith doesn't seem like he's moving that way anytime soon, but it's interesting that they bring in Johnny Smith. So that gives me at the same time, as much as it frustrates me, it also gives me a little hope. Cause like you said, if they get more two tight end sets that might allow for more passing situations, we still have to see how Desmond Ritter goes. If that's the guy they're going to roll with. Um, I don't think they're going to make a move for anybody else, but they released Marcus Mariota. I, I, I look at Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's influenced too negatively. It's just like, not helping my opinion of his prospects for next season. Johnny Smith, I don't think he's going to be much of a contributor. I think he's going to be a spot contributor. He's going to be just one of those vultures, take production from Kyle Pitts. Um, not a fan of the move, just from a fantasy perspective, because I want to see Kyle Pitts be featured in an offense. But I, I don't think that there's too much to worry about on the Falcons end of things. It doesn't change a whole lot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if anything, all I know is that I'm going to be targeting Drake London more. Um you know, just overall, I mean, but who knows, like th- this offense needs a quarterback, you know, I'm not sure if we could really, you know, depend on this passing attack at all right now. So yeah. I don't think I'll be investing in pass catchers in terms of redraft. Obviously you still want to invest in Drake London. You still want to invest in Kyle Pitts and dynasty. Make sure you do that now, you know, before this offense turns it up uh, before it becomes good. Yeah. You know, or at least becomes relevant. Um, I'm not sure if their quarterback situation is at a point where they could take advantage of that. Um, Arthur Smith isn't helping, but it's also possible that he's just protecting this offense uh, because they don't have that quarterback right now. Um, now they haven't been active. Like it doesn't seem like they've been active in the quarterback free agency class right now. Like no. they're signing other guys. They have a ton of cap space. They're not going after Jacoby Brissett. It seems like they they really weren't involved in the Jimmy G sweepstakes. Uh, so you know we'll see what they want to do 
they already came out and said that they're not interested in training for Lamar Jackson, which is the biggest head scratcher for me. That's what uh, I was who say. knows? Maybe maybe they still are. <laughs> but that's 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 the interesting part of it. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about this, and I actually think that there is a chance that they add a a you know a, a running back on day two of this draft uh, to, right. to share this backfield. You know, they have Cordell Patterson, but he's an older guy. Like, you know, I'm not sure how long he's going to be a big part of this the rushing offense. Um, you know, but they have a they had a good rookie last year um, in that yep. backfield. It's going to be somewhat of a timeshare, and it's going to continue to be a run-first offense. But in terms of John Smith, I think, you know, he he lines up all over the place. He has a little bit of versatility. He can line up in the backfield as a fullback. Um, you know, he can, he can you know, run routes in line. Coppins might be, you know, running a little bit more, you know, in the slot and that sort of thing. So I'm not, you know, overly concerned in, in terms of this affecting Coppins, but the hope is that Coppins gets that, that route participation that we want. And that was a yeah. big factor last year in terms of us hating, you know, the guts of Arthur Smith. Um, <laughs> so like, we'll see yeah. how that works out. That's the hope. Hopefully this doesn't affect anything. I don't think it will. Yeah. And just talk about that route participation and just, you know, snaps in general, you know, we, that's a, strong indicator of usage you know we talked about kyle pitts having that trouble but remember when we were talking about clyde edwards Alaire and his usage and everybody was up in arms about us i don't know if everybody was up in arms about it but we we're definitely having some people tell us that we weren't right about it you know like he's scoring all these points like now that's a that's a good indicator you want to keep an eye on that kind of stuff definitely um so before we end this episode uh we want to talk about the dj Moore trade and and the and the and the panthers trading up to the number one overall pick uh in the next episode we'll hit the guys who are who are french uh, we'll talk about calvin ridley there as well saquon barkley tony Pollard, josh jacobs uh we hit on lamar jackson obviously as well by the way no team can send lamar jackson an offer sheet until wednesday uh right. so that's why we haven't seen anything with that situation um, so, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but lo- the Wednesday will be the first day where, you know, we can see some action there. Who knows if we will, you know, it yeah. might end up being that the Ravens just end up keeping him. Um, either way, even if a team does extend an offer sheet to him, there's a good chance that the Ravens just match it and they just let the market decide what he's worth. Um, yeah. it's very possible that that happens. Um, just, just real quick, quick, um, what's your quick prediction on Lamar Jackson and where he ends up? I think he's going to stick with Baltimore. You know, I think there's yeah. no realistic situation where he goes anywhere else. The last places where I could think about maybe him going to are the Jets, who seem to be in in entanglement, if you want to call it that, with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and then you have the the Falcons, who we just talked about. You know, it doesn't look like they're going after him. They actually went out of their way to go and say, no, we don't want him. Like, that was weird. You know, when you talk about free agency, just figuring out, who might be targeting who usually you don't see teams come out and say, we're not targeting somebody, you know, they just let it be. That was weird. So I think that he's going to ultimately end up with the Ravens. I agree. All right. Let's uh, we'll talk about those franchise tag guys and their fantasy impact going into next season uh, in the next episode. Uh, but just, let's just quickly talk about the impact um, that DJ Moore is going to make. So the bears got a haul for the first round pick. Um, yeah. for, I'm sorry for the first overall pick. They got, the Panthers for the Panthers first round pick. What was that? The number what was that number nine. seven, nine number nine. One. That was number nine. Um, they got a first round pick next year. They got a second round pick this year. No, I'm sorry. They got a second round pick next year, and they got a third round pick. In another second round pick in 2025. I think that's what it was. That was a competition, and they ended up 
with DJ Moore as the cherry on top. Quite yeah. a big cherry there. That is a big move for the Bears, getting Justin Fields a true number one wide receiver, somebody who has been getting it done, you know, for the most part in his career so far with, you know, not so great quarterbacks, right? And this is a situation where Justin Fields could prove that he is that guy. You know, he yeah. is somebody who could, you know, level up um, to, you know, what the expectations were with him being drafted so high, you know, coming out of Ohio State. I think, you know, I think he was a very accurate quarterback in college. He was one of the most accurate, right, coming yeah. out. Um, obviously, he has the legs. Um, and it's a situation where now there's no excuses, right? You know, you got DJ Moore now, right? Uh, you have um, Darnell Mooney, and you have Chase Claypool. I think that yeah. is a solid wide receiver core, right? It's not the best, but it's mm -hmm. solid. Um, DJ Moore is not AJ Brown. He's not Stefan Diggs, right? Guys who immediately made an impact, huge impact for the quarterbacks that they play for. Right. They were they they were key uh, proponents of their um, their next level. You know, that them moving to the next level. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is capable of that, though, right? I think you know he's capable of helping. Justin Fields reached that next level. And I think Justin Fields could pull a Jalen Hurts, right? J Justin Fields is already averaging the same amount, almost the same amount of fantasy points per dropback that Jalen Hurts was averaging just this past season yeah. when he was a baller. So Justin Fields could potentially break fantasy in 2023. Oh, I, I think he's going to. And this is just really early me saying that, but I think he's going to because DJ Moore, I think there could be a mutual bene mutually beneficial arrangement. You know, you talk about DJ Moore isn't AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs, but who is he played with? You know, AJ Brown was playing. I mean, he was coming from Ryan Tannehill. I guess that's one thing. But Stefan Diggs was coming from a pretty good offense in Minnesota, too. You know, they were both doing their things. They were wide receiver ones in their own right when they came over. DJ Moore is the same thing. I think we could see something similar with that. Justin Fields is an upgrade over anything the Panthers had. So I, I, I'm not worried about DJ Moore at all. I think he could actually improve too. He only had, I think, was it four touchdowns in each of the past three seasons? That's a number that has to go up. You want to talk about touchdown regression? That, that's going up. That, that's just my guess because this offense is going to be much better than it was. And Justin Fields, I think he's going to be mutually beneficial in this arrangement too. I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, anybody that says he can't throw, I, I just don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? He didn't throw a whole lot. That might be why people say he can't throw. They really kept him handcuffed to start the season last season. You know, he, they ran the ball so much. That was the conversation with Justin Fields. Like, if they only threw it a little bit more. Then they started throwing it, and he put up those 40 points a game. Obviously, he had those long rushing touchdowns, but he's as, he's a dyna as dynamic a talent as there is in the NFL. And like you said, he's averaging the same fantasy points per drop back as Jalen Hurts was this season. Any type of improvement, we're talking about, like you said, breaking fantasy so i am in 100 percent agreement this is really good um for both of these guys and maybe i think you even give dj more more of a bump than maybe even you alluded to yeah i i kind of am viewing dj more similarly as i did in, in the past um i think this could be a, a situation where he does better i think his ceiling is higher with yeah. justin fields um i'm viewing dj more as like a i would say like a solid wide receiver too which i think is pretty good and that might be an upgrade for from where he was in terms of like where he was being ranked in redraft right um yeah. so I, I think this is if you have dj if you have dj more dynasty for example like i i'm happy about this move because 
you want guys who could potentially give you a higher ceiling, right, on a, on a weekly basis. Um, right. You know, a lot of people don't like his consistency. Give me better weeks. Like, I want, like, these weeks where he's winning you weeks, right? Like, I want more top five weeks from someone like DJ Moore. And he, if he could give me that, that's what I prefer over him being just, like, a consistent, you know, wide receiver, too or low-end wide receiver too, right? Um, right. That's what I'd rather have. Um, I'd rather give me more wide receiver three weeks and then a bunch of top five wide receiver weeks than, you know, just give me wide receiver two weeks every single week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think that could definitely happen. I think Justin Fields is going to throw the ball more than he was before, right? Everyone's A lot of people can point to the fact that they don't they didn't throw the ball at all last year. But who are they going to throw to, right? Like, yeah. And also, you you gotta you gotta think of like you know when Justin Fields was just starting to throw the ball a little bit more, his boy got hurt, right? So yeah, they didn't have anybody. They traded for Chase Claypool. He was banged up too. So it was a bad situation overall for his weapons. And now he gets three guys on the field this year that he just simply didn't have last year. So it's a big improvement. And then we didn't even mention his tight end. Yeah, right. He yeah. already had a rapport there. Cole so, Komet was you know actually very good. You know, once Justin Fields started throwing last season, he was one of the yeah. more the higher Touchdown upside machine. tight ends. Yeah, one of the higher upside tight ends, and it's just a barren landscape. But yeah, you're right. If this offense ends up, you know, moving forward, he's a guy you got to pay attention to, right? Because he 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 was able to do his thing um, the year before. He, he did his thing, didn't score any touchdowns, and last year the touchdown regression came through, and he ended up scoring. Right, so yeah, uh, we could see something like that continuing, you know, moving forward if this offense does improve. Um, but I think this is a great move for the Bears. They got some extra picks, extra draft capital. What about this? Jackson, Smith, Najigba at yeah. number nine overall. <laughs> oh, man, crazy. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Bye-bye, Chase Claypool. I know we just bought you for the 32nd overall pick. You know, you can give crazy. Ryan Poles credit for a lot of things. You can't give him credit for that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a bad move. Okay, and uh, I think Chase Claypool, I think they were just, you know, I, I just saw a tweet from Chase Claypool today that, like, you know, you, he's saying that you got to give the, the keys to the city to Ryan Pauls. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, Chase, like, honestly, man, like, I know he, he just traded for you, but he might just trade you again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see, I can see the Bears just trading away, you know, Chase Claypool. They, they, they picked JSN at number nine, and then mm -hmm. they just trade away Claypool for like a third round pick. That would like I can, I can honestly that would be a net positive. And that that would be a W. Yeah, <laughs> right there. That would. You know what I'm and saying? And I would, listen, I, I would I would quote tweet the shit out of that tweet that he just, <laughs> he just he yeah just sent. Listen, me. I don't want to crap all over Chase Claypool. He's still young. You could give him a shot, but this is the thing. Like sure. he wasn't worth the second round pick. He he wasn't, and it ends up well, being a first I, round pick. You know, so yeah. like he, yeah. he was not. This is a guy. If I'm not mistaken, he was a seventh. No, was he fourth round? Not seventh round. He was like fourth round draft cap. I think he was day two. I think it was yeah. he was a day two guy. So I think he was round three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but outside of his rookie season, like he wasn't even that amazing. You know, like he he's just like this. Yeah, he's a good. He's a solid receiver. You know, he'll he's a good wide receiver three. He was a second round pick too. Yeah, he was second round wow. pick. Man, second round pick, forty ninth overall. Yeah. Okay, so. Crazy. The Steelers got an even return back on him, but I, he wasn't worth that. And that was one of the head scratchers. Like, okay, maybe, maybe they see something in Chase Claypool that we didn't. But I, right, if they go take Jackson Smith and the Jigba, like Chase Claypool's days are going to be numbered because you put him in that receiver Bye -bye. room. Who's going to be expendable? Right, it's not going to be exactly. Darnell Mooney. He's been there the whole time, and he's more talented than Chase Claypool. So I think exactly. you're onto something there. 
he's a better receiver for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see it, man. I'm very excited to see it. Um, so that that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Appreciate you guys. Good to be back talking yeah. to you again. Uh, it's good to see you again, Zach. And uh, you know, we'll, we're gonna continue to do this regularly. Uh, we're aiming for two times a week. You know, we'll get a regular cadence going as well. Uh, so you guys know exactly what days the the podcast is dropping. But for now, uh, we're gonna you know kind of finger in the air a little bit for, for you know maybe over the next couple of weeks or so, just to kind of make sure. We got everything, you know, that we need, you know, on lock, and then we'll let you guys know. But in the meantime, we'll definitely going to be continuing to drop episodes. So again, next week we'll talk. I mean, I'm sorry, next episode we'll talk franchise tag guys. Um, we are going to talk about combine results. Obviously, there'll be more stuff going on this week for free agency. We'll go over all of that, um, and you know, continue to go over some NFL draft stuff as well as we get closer to the end of April where the NFL yeah. draft. I think it's going. It's happening where it's it's at Kansas City. I think this year um i didn't so check the location this yeah year. i think I it's I, I think it's kansas city so that that's that should be a good time man i'm i'm looking forward to that whole draft process um yeah it should be fun so appreciate you guys uh we'll be back in a couple of days and uh just hit, hit hit me up over dms let me know you listen to the episode i want to know you guys are back and, and all that so appreciate you guys talk to you soon and if you can uh if you can subscribe to the podcast that'd be amazing uh, either on apple podcast or on spotify appreciate you guys talk to you soon later 2400 sports is an odyssey company 